0: Hello, and welcome to Atomic Radio Hour, the show that dives into the wreckage that is post-apocalyptic. My name is Vince, your host, and I'm here with your lone wanderer, Declan. Hey, Declan. What's up, Vince?
1: Doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. I just had a soda, so I'm a little bit hyper. Yeah. What yeah, I've had some good ass cheez uh Canada Dry, the elixir of the North Wind, in oh. my household. It's some delicious
0: soda. I haven't had not like... sponsored. No, we should be though. I haven't had soda in like two months, and I think the first soda I'm going to have when I break that is Canada Dry. It's a good choice. Yeah,
1: like it's just it's a cure all. Like your stomach hurt, drink some Canada Dry. Like yeah. your foot falling off, Canada Dry. It's like just had a heart water. attack. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Heart attack, drink some Canada Dry. It's what they
0: put in the bag in the hospitals. (laughs) (laughs) The IV drip? Yeah. It's just Canada Dry? Let me ask you a question. Shoot. Did you know that there was going to be a Fallout movie? I mean, I thought I'd heard chatter about it on the internet a few years ago. but Uh, Well, kind of. This week's lore is the original Fallout movie. Radioactive popcorn is a little crunchier than normal. I mean, it's weird because, like...
1: It screams when you eat it and it kind of like nice. just gets over the the sound of the movie. So you have to use headphones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Interplay Films was a division of Interplay Entertainment founded in 1998 and was to develop seven movies based on Interplay's top most popular games. Partnered with Dark Horse, Brett, Brent, F-R-I-E-D man, Friedman, Friedman, maybe? Friedman, Brent, Friedman, who wrote Dark Skies and Mortal Kombat's Annihilation, wrote the story. Wrote the script. But it, the way he wrote it out, it didn't seem like a script. It kind of seemed like bullet points of like this thing has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen. So more Which of d d notes. Kind of. I'll get into it. Uh, no Interplay movie was actually ever made, and in 2011, the full script was leaked. Now, Bethesda, after acquiring the Fallout rights... They filed a trademark for a movie in 2009 for a post-nuclear apocalyptic world film. Turned out they released a Making of Fallout 3 DVD, which was for that trademark. Okay. Uh, When asked about a Fallout movie, Todd Howard says, I don't rule it out, but nothing really has clicked where uh, the games are popular enough. And that's their identity. Fallout 4. If there had been a fallout movie, you'd feel different about Fallout when Fallout 4 actually came out. And then it some other shit that I didn't feel like was super necessary. Okay. Um, so I actually didn't
1: know that there was supposed to be like an interplay fallout movie at all.
0: Yeah, and it was based on it was based on Fallout one, but like not at all.
1: The movie
0: the movie starts off with, like, what looks like modern-day L.A., and there's so many retcons with the original Fallout 1 story that I doubt it would even be the 50s anymore, or the oh. 40s, whatever. Because it says modern-day L.A., and then it, like, opens up, and then it shows that they're all in vaults. I don't even know if vault suits would have been a thing. It doesn't really get into it. And the vault chip breaks, or the water chip breaks, and they're like, all right, go fix it, and here's a bunch of money and credit cards, and then they leave, and it's like, oh, this doesn't work. And then, like... They said the master made FEV, and huh. I don't even know if there's like full on super mutants. But there's mutated people. Like in one scene, that it said that there was going to be a uh, there was going to be a uh, mutant child with two heads. Like if you if you read, I didn't write it down because I wasn't writing down over like forty two bullet points that all look like they were uh, like paragraphs long. I watched a quick video on YouTube that someone put up. It was like, oh, here's the movie that never happened. It didn't look like a good movie, like, from what I've read. It doesn't sound like it'd be particularly good. No, it's it's 50 years after the bombs drop, and, like, it's just not fucking, like, it, the dude never played Fallout.
1: Oh. Like, they I probably like, gave him How a do synopsis. you even get it? What do you mean? Like, the identity that is Fallout, it's very particular in... It's like writing style, and I would even say it's comedy. Like it's that like Bethesda kind of flair of comedy that if you don't get it right, it loses part of its identity.
0: Well, this was Interplay. That was a totally different. Oh yeah, I completely beefed that one. That's a totally different fucking form of storytelling. Yeah, it's a
1: different ball game, man. I'm so I'm so ingrained in Bethesda's uh, story time land. Well, I feel
0: like Interplay's story was always kind of like looser. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I, don't, I don't want to sound like an asshole when I say that, but, like, it's kind of like, um... It left more, more to the imagination. Yeah. I don't know. This, I, I don't think this would have been a good movie. I would see it, but I wouldn't fucking be the biggest fan of. But you know what movie I would see? What movie would
1: that be? The Book of Eli. Before we get into this fantastic piece of art, I would like to say, um, the movie that I was thinking about when you said Fallout movie, wasn't there at one point where Nuka Break was going to do a full-length movie?
0: My God, that must have been years ago. Yeah, that's what I remember, like thinking about. I don't even remember if they I, they did Project Red Star or something. Yeah, and then they something did like that. Uh, Lanius got his own like movie. No, I remember that, but I don't like remember that. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of that's... like this vague thing. Yeah, like you saying it reminds me of something, but not the whole thing. I'm not, I don't know. I would, I'd watch it if it came out, but I doubt I ever will. Oh yeah, me too. Now, uh, I thought, speaking of the Book of Eli, we could try something that I've always wanted to do, and it's not a half-ass review, but a full-ass review. A full, one full-ass? That's both cheeks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. one, one set of cheeks. Holy crap. So you watch this movie, and uh, before we get into it, this is spoiler territory. Yes. So we're gonna spoil the movie if you don't want it to be spoiled. Uh, skip to the end of the episodes. Do so we still get that view? Thank you. Um, <laughs> there should be a beefy piece of original, originally produced content there, written, directed, voiced, and pretty much everything by me. So I love this fucking movie.
1: The Book of Eli is goddamn incredible.
0: This is Fallout Three. The movie. It is basically directly Fallout Three. Uh it's it's a it's a Hughes brothers film. It's directed by them. Uh and it stars Denzel Washington as Eli, Gary Old old Gary Oldman as uh Carnegie and Mila Kunis as Solana Solara. What I say? Solana. I'm tired, don't yell. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh the opening scene of this movie is amazing. It really is like it, it fucking pulls you in, and it's like, what is what is the nature of this 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 realm? Yeah, There's like, a bunch of ash.
1: It's just kind of like very like quiet. Yeah, and you really don't get an immediate sense of the world, but you get a sense of the context. Uh, explain that. Like, you know that everything is ashen. Uh, the color palette immediately shows that there's some kind of dark undertone here. There's a house cat eating something that's dead. Yeah, and then a house cat gets shot by a dude in a gas mask. And like, how you cool get is all that, that you need there. Yeah, like you know nothing really? about the world or about what happened, but you know disaster has struck and someone's fucking hungry.
0: Yeah, I, I love that opening scene. I remember I, I saw this movie in the theater and I Did remember you, like, yeah. I never told you the story? No. I wanted to go we wanted to go see it and we were like 13 when we went. It was me, my buddy Dom, shout out to Dom, this kid Josh, shout out to Josh, and I think two other people and there was other kids from our school that went the same night to see it and they somehow they lied because it's an R-rated movie and got in and we made Dom's mom sit in the movie with us. But uh-huh. it was like she was behind us like 10 rows and we were way closer and i remember being super into the movie and everyone's like yeah it's okay and i was like no this is fallout 3 the movie and none of my friends at the time liked fallout and they're like they're like oh who cares that game's boring i'm like you watch your fucking mouth and i was like this is the best like the oh fuck the shots of like the highway i was like this is this is fallout 3 the movie oh
1: yeah like there's that one point where he's just like walking up one of the destroyed highways And as I was watching it, I was just like, I've been there in fucking Fallout 4. You walk up a piece of highway and then it drops the
0: fuck off and I need to turn around. Yep. It's fucking, uh. The movie does have a lot of, uh, it does have a lot of very dated CG. Yeah, but like, it's good. I, no, I'm not saying it's not good. It's just, I hate CG to begin with. Yeah. I mean, I, (laughs) I, I can appreciate some modern
1: CG because cg has got to the point where it looks so good that's hard to tell
0: yeah but like think about it. whenever i think of cg i think of like the marvel movies yeah and think of the dude who plays thor or the dude who plays captain america he's on set all day right yeah in makeup in a suit robert downey jr probably records like a month before the movie comes out all of his scenes <laughs> in his pajamas he's
1: because he's just like of-
0: face into the camera yeah like how are you, how is he getting paid like eighty million a movie, if not more, and he's not even in the movie?
1: <laughs> or like, uh, I mean, you could say the same thing about people that play like animated characters, like Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just a voice actor.
0: Yeah, Bradley Cooper. I think. Yeah, does I always Rocket. forget who it was. He, you're not in the movie. Like you're in the your voice is in the movie, but not you. Like it's not like Scarlett Johansson doing
1: flips all over the fucking place.
0: Yeah, and it's I know I know you could be like, "Well, that's what a voice actor is for a cartoon." But at the same time, like, we're a, it's different a cartoon here. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. I'm not a big fan of um I'm not a big fan of the CG, but I am a big fan of how blissfully slow this movie is. Oh, it fits the like
1: tone of a post-apocalypse based on like its visual style and its pacing. The apocalypse is boring, people.
0: There's nothing to do except not die and walk and then die maybe. Jeez. <laughs> I love the ominous soundtrack of just that foreboding like I don't know what kind of instrument it would be. I guess it would be like a like a like an upright bass or like a cello or something and it plays very somberly throughout the movie. There's only that Main theme. I guess it's like the Book of Eli theme and two licensed tracks, and I really, really like that. It keeps it really concise. And I have to say, fuck product placement in movies. Like, I yeah, get that in a, general. I, I get product placement is there so they can get like a sponsor and make a little extra money. But at the same time, I don't need to watch the Book of Eli and rem- be reminded to to buy Beats headphones or drink Bush beer or use Motorola products. Yeah, and. And Oprah's Magazine.
1: Yeah, I remember that,
0: too. There was, like, so many product placements where I'm just like, all right, I get it. Product placements in,
1: like, the past couple of years have gotten a lot more subtle and better hidden. But
0: this yeah. was, like, during the era that product placement was really getting really aggressive. This movie had to come out, like, 20... Hold on, I got the box next to me. Let me see if I can find a date on it. 2009. I was just gonna say 2009, yeah. And it was either 9 or 10, so, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I just, I'm not of a fan. Aggressive in product placement.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Like, it's one I, thing when it's there to show that this was the old world. Like when he walks into the town that I don't even think has a name, where Gary Oldman character Gary Oldman's character is. Uh, there's like a J Crew, but it's not a product placement. It's just a show. This was once a strip mall that's now a town.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that town had me feeling some New Vegas vibes, though. Really? Yeah, like. Kind of like a straight strip, western kind of uh, just getting by, have some tents along the side and like some shacks. I was getting a lot of like free side mixed with like good springs.
0: You know what I like about that town and, and the landscapes leading up to that town?
1: There's nothing for miles.
0: Well, kind of, yeah, that and it gives you just this like junkyard wasteland feel. Mm hmm. Like, when he, in the beginning of the movie, it's him walking down a highway and there's just nothing but cars. And I've said this on the show before. Like, the first time I ever went to a junkyard, I, w- I remember looking out and I went, this is what the end of the world looks like. And it's just dirt and it was dusty and it was hot. And there was just miles and miles of cars. And I was like, this is this is what the end will look like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it was like a weirdly profound thought to have at like 11. <laughs> <laughs> but i was just like this is what this is what this is what death will look like this is what the end of man will look like is just people trying to scavenge i fucking love the wind sound effects of this movie yeah just i uh, there's no music other than the soundtrack that i mentioned earlier and two licensed songs and that was a big thing that i that i loved about fallout 3 and that i'm a little upset that like fallout 4 didn't have and i haven't heard it in 76 yet is Just, you would stand still and hear... That, oh my god. And it really, like,
1: harkens back to, like, a personal memory of mine. The first time that I played Fallout 3 without the radio... Mm -hmm. the ambience was so freaking killer yeah and Uh, especially the opening trailer or the opening teaser for fallout 3 where after it zooms out from the bus after the inks boss cuts out you just hear wind and like
0: metal that is just crunching yeah right before you see the brotherhood guy like fuck i i i love that like it's such a small detail and it's almost like comforting for me to hear it oh yeah like I hear it, and I'm like, oh, I know how this world operates. There's there's sound. Sound is a luxury in this world. Yeah. Like um, when he would listen to
1: the uh, to the iPod once in a while, and then the he falls asleep and the battery dies.
0: I was just yeah, like, yeah. oh man, I would feel I would feel so bad. You're you're pissed off. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, though, I looked up the year that the that iPod came out. That's just, I guess like a generation one iPod. Yeah, that came out in two thousand four. There's a, a little c- dated at the time. What's up?
1: That? That's a dated version at the time. Then,
0: well, yes, um, but this movie came out in two thousand nine. So unless this movie, well, hear me out. I think this movie takes third. The movie takes thirty years after the bombing, and. I don't want to get into the big twist at the ending till the end of this. Yeah. But I think Eli's about uh, 63 in this. And I'll, I'll explain why when we get to the twist ending. And he says, because he says at one point, it's been about 30 years since the bombs dropped or the flash. They refer to it as, which I love. Yeah. It's not like the flash. And and I want to know what the flash is. It's a bomb. Is it a bomb? They, 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 I, yeah, they allude to it as a bomb. Uh, and cause I, no, he says, he goes, when the bomb fell, they said it ripped a, a hole in the mm. sky and let the sun in. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, so I think it's 20, 2034 or more that, that this movie takes place. If this movie takes place that the bombs dropped in 2009, then it's almost 2040. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's not that far off. No, it's not, but it's, it's, I just, I don't know, I like the setting a lot. Yeah, and it's a really relatable setting, kind of,
1: because you see these things that exist in our everyday life. Yeah. And, and I'm really into that. Like, Fallout, sometimes it's hard to relate, because there's robots flying around.
0: Yeah, and that's why, in, the, in not the last episode, but the episode before, I said about, like, the Beach Boys came on, and I got so excited, because it's like a song that I grew up with, because I watched Full House. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it brought me there. Like I was like, oh, and if this, I think it, it could be 2004 because no one ever talks about like, or you see anybody with like a cell phone. Like I never saw a a dead cell phone taken apart just for parts. Yeah, you're right. So in 2004 is like right before that happened. 2005, yeah. 2006 is when cell phones were like really popping off. Because if 2004, the first iPod came out, we probably didn't get the iPhone to like 2007. The first iPhone
1: came out in 2007.
0: So, yeah, see what I mean? Yeah, so that
1: didn't pop off yet.
0: I love in the opening scene, which, if you watch this movie, this movie tells you exactly how the movie is going to end without telling you. Explain. Like the twist?
1: Um, yeah, of course, but, like, how, though?
0: Uh, when we get to the ending, I'll tell you. Alright, because I'm really curious, because I didn't um, see it coming, really. If, well, once you've seen the movie and you go back and you really, really watch, you'll see everything.
1: Yeah, that's what, like, it's gonna be like when I had to watch Pulp Fiction again.
0: Yeah, it's dude. You it's go back so and you blatant. see everything. You feel like an idiot for not seeing it. You're like, how the fuck did I miss this? I mean, uh, immediately after the movie ended and I figured it
1: out. Which we're gonna get to at some point, trust me. Yeah. Um, I thought of
0: one scene that made it very clear. Uh, I love the scene when he goes into that house for the first time. When he's, like, scavenging around, and he's looking for water, and he turns the pipes on, and you hear, like, the pipes, like, call like, for water. Uh, but every... Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like what I imagine the the plumbing encouraged the Cowardly Dog's house to sound like. <laughs> he he, he yeah. turns it on, and nothing happens, and then he opens the closet, and there's the dude hanging there. And he finds the boots... Yeah, and And then then he's like, yeah, some boots. Oh, and he's like – I like how he's like walking around like, yeah, look at me. Like, I just got some fresh boots.
1: Something that really put it into perspective how destitute this is, this guy had saran wrap for socks. Yeah, I have that written down in my notes. I didn't get that. I mean, like, imagine cloth gets worn very easily. We're very fortunate to live in a society that cloth is plentifully made. Yeah. I mean, imagine, do you ever, like, go through socks, like, rip through your socks? How often do you get new socks?
0: uh, I'm a bad person probably every other year. Like, I have to get socks constantly
1: because I'm either ripping through the bottoms or, like, they're just, like, all ratty. But imagine if you're in an apocalypse where you need to have socks to, like, move around. You need something or you're going to get blisters that are going to fester.
0: I thought it might have been like, did you ever hear what pilots do? No. Pilots like cut off circulation to their feet so they don't get lightheaded? What? Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think it's like like army pilots, they wear like super tight boots so there's like less circulation in their legs so when they flip around and do shit they they don't get as lightheaded. So I thought maybe he had saran wrap socks because it was uh he was kind of like trying to be able to walk more and I don't know. I I mean, another thing could be, like, to keep the heat in. Yeah, but, yeah, everything kind of seems hot, though. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I don't know about you, but I thought post-apocalyptic fashion looks super comfy.
1: (laughs) I think it's very utilitarian, which it has to be. I I thought, like... like... You have to have things that are deep-pocketed for, like, storing all of your shit. Yeah. And things that are more of a dark tone so you could blend in with the nature, if there is any yeah like no one's going around with, like a neon goddamn jacket in the apocalypse yeah you're right um you're just I, asking to get
0: a cap in your ass as i was watching it though i was going oh my god that's all the shit i wear
1: yeah like, i like was a
0: loose shirt like a i big saw jacket. your jacket
1: i saw his jacket and i was like that's a
0: vince jacket <laughs> dude his <laughs> pants that he has are the type of like work pants i wear yeah. Like, the same color and everything. I was like, he, he looked like he was wearing, like, Yeezy season shit. Like, early Yeezy <laughs> season. He looks so comfortable. You're right, you're right. There's a lot of small references. Oh, I also thought maybe the saran wrap around his legs could have been because of burns. Yeah. Because he takes off his shirt in that one scene, and his whole back is burned up.
1: Yeah, I was wondering about that. They never really addressed that, except maybe just the flash, but...
0: Yeah, but still, like, I don't know. I just thought maybe, like... He doesn't know fucking medical shit so he just was like quick do this. Yeah. Um we go on to learn that he has like actual formal training in be- existing. What do you mean?
1: Like throughout the movie he shows that he's a very capable individual. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So of course he had to get formal training somewhere.
0: Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh small references to other to other uh post-apocalyptic films. And like every time uh, yeah. I go back and watch, I pick up on new ones. Like, um, which one jumps out the most to you? When and we're we're gonna get to this scene a little later. But when he first meets Mila Kunis in the hotel room, mm-hmm. there's a poster for a boy and a dog on the wall. Oh, is there? Yeah. And when he first walks, when he first meets the bandits on the highway, uh, they talk about his shotgun on his back. He goes, "That thing's not even loaded, is it?" And that's a reference to Mad Max, where. The whole movie, he never shoots his gun because there's no bullets in it. <laughs> yeah, and they, I they think actually, that scene is incredible. Which, yeah, we're gonna get to that in just a second. Um, I just want to talk about the KFC wipes. Yeah, I, I love that little touch of like that's your shower, and and just this is the old world. This is how something that you you'd go to KFC or any food proprietor and pick up napkins and shit and it's okay it's in the glove box and you don't think about it for a year until you have to blow your nose but like to him that was gold oh yeah Uh, but speaking of the highway jacking scene I love that fucking scene
1: that scene is so goddamn good it's so good he just walks up like he doesn't give a shit and he knows he knows it's a hijack
0: yeah he looks at the woman and he's like uh what is he like something smells or something? He goes What was it? She wa it's it's a woman under uh, that's right out of an overpass and she's trying to like fuck with this shopping cart. And she's like Mr. "Mr. Mr. Mr. help me, help me my wheel fell off." And he doesn't even like look at her and he just goes, "You know, the worst part about civilization dying is that I can smell jackers from uh a mile away and they like drop their cover." And he goes, "God damn." He goes. This guy over here just smelled us from thirty feet away. That's impressive. But what does that say about our hygiene? And Do you Have that written like, down, or just have it committed? I love that scene. I've watched it's a really good scene. I make sure I watch that scene like once a year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he fucking like. The guy's like, give me the bag. Don't, I'm not giving you the bag. He's like, you touch me again, I'll fucking cut your hand off. And he touches Eli again, and Eli, with the quickness, takes out his machete and chops off his fucking hand. Which is a beautiful piece. Just a, oh my god. Just, and it's over. Yeah. And uh, he sends, like, the rest of his goons on him, and I love this scene because he goes under the overpass, and then they never actually show you violence. It's just silhouette. I love that.
1: I When I was uh, like looking at that shot, I was like, this is a damn good shot.
0: Yeah. Because I, I like that It's you know what's going on, but it leaves all of that to the imagination. Yeah. And Denzel is just a cold, cold motherfucker. Like, I oh, love yeah. that scene so much because he's so cool. He's so fucking cool in that scene. He's so cool in the whole goddamn movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So... Something that I really liked uh, when he got into town was that he the first thing he did before even going to get water was getting a his battery charged for his iPod.
0: Yeah, because it's another thing. It's the small touches of reality. Yeah, it's, the it's only reason to keep going. Yeah, it's 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 that your iPod is charged and you can listen to whatever you want to listen to, and that he had KFC wipes, and that, and that he- was a bargaining chip. <laughs> yeah and he uses yeah. that to get to, to get his ipod fixed or that he prays before he eats yeah it's the small things that are like ah oh, yes like this is what it used to be like in the before time i think they refer to it as before yeah and I, what i really like is that like i've seen this movie a lot and i didn't pick up on it to like the past two times when you walk into the town and you're new the shopkeeper goes i need to see your hands yeah and I mean, when you figure out why he does that i was like no shit well they say it they say it at a certain point yeah like, like later you on get in the, the movie before you get to the house yeah they say it but i'll get back to that later
1: yeah i like how they see, i later- always thought sorry before it get, got revealed i thought that they want to see hands based on like for some kind of like disease or something
0: i thought it was scars Oh, yeah? I thought that there was something that they held against you if you were pre- or post-Flash. Oh, okay. That's what I thought it was. The first time I saw it. But I like when they introduced Gary Oldsman... Gary Oldsman's... Gary Oldsman... Gary Oldsman. Oldman? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's... Gary Oldsman. a lot of Gary Oldmans. (laughs) When they introduced Carnegie... Carnegie, (laughs) When they introduced him... Uh, he's clean, he's proper, he's very well put together, he's very articulate. Not that Eli isn't, but it's just... He's... And, and he, you later find out that he's from before, and that he just kind of exudes this power and this kind of charisma and this... uh What's the French word? Um, je ne sais quoi? Yeah. He just kind of has that about him. And I really just fucking love that. Like a charm. Yeah, that, like, I don't like, he's very, like, okay, I'll be completely honest, he's very gulman esque
1: Yeah, and I feel like only a couple people can really
0: truly appreciate that. And when we were creating our characters, I kind of based Ron off him a little bit. Really? A little, little bit. I think more of it was subconscious than anything, but a lot of it was, like, the whole way, like, when he talks to him in the town before the shootout, which we'll get to in a minute, that scene... I think I kind of based a lot of Ron off that because he's like, y- you have a choice and you can either give me the book or you can go. And he goes, and if you go, I'll kill you. Like he's yeah. telling you, you have a choice, but you don't. And then when he says no, like he goes, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. And then he's he goes like, he, he's ready him. to
1: play ball. He's ready. Yeah.
0: To do, he's got to work for his keep. That's very, I think that's very Goulman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, but I like that he has these illiterate dudes going out, like, uh, Carnegie, Gary Oldsman's character has these, these, these illiterate raiders going out to find books and they find them like Oprah's Magazine and The Da Vinci Code and he's like, none of this will do. But they have shampoo. Yeah. And shampoo I is... I can fuck with that shampoo. It's the hottest of commodities. So he's like and like this line is so gross, and I remember being a kid and seeing it and thinking it was really, really gross, especially coming out of Gary Oldsman's fucking Carruthers, who the fuck is Carruthers? Coming out of Carnegie's mouth, he goes uh he gets he gets it, he goes, Boys head on down to the bar. Goes, Get yourself nice and loaded. Get yourself some pussy too. And I was like Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Like, do like see that, uh, yeah. Did you ever see that clip of Obama where he's like, gotta have them ribs? pussy too like it's <laughs> like really off-putting like i'm like Ugh. yeah she's like Ugh. what were you gonna say my friend i thought it was really interesting that he
1: went from like immediately like disappointed like you guys are fucking useless to all right have a fun time yeah I, you've got a two ounce bottle of shampoo
0: yeah and it's the little things that i, I love that about the movie it's always the little things Yeah. And like how he understands that knowledge is power. And he reads every day. He says in the movie, he goes, I read every single day. So not many people do that. No. So he sends the Raiders down to the bar and Eli's at the shop next door trading KFC wipes and a lighter to get his battery charged. And he's like, I need water. And then he's like, he says to the shopkeeper, he's like, where's water? And he's like, next door. So he goes next door and he goes to barter and he trades his Shema, which I like got a little upset about. His uh his uh like wrap, like his face wrap, yeah, because I thought that was such a nice touch and some gloves, and the guys like, "Don't worry, I'll get it." And he calls this girl, uh, this woman, Solara, and this is something that I never I never see done a lot is post-apocalyptic names. there is yeah. there was no reason for Nancy and George and Michael to be running around the wastes. Those names have died with the old world. It's Texas. an interesting name, Solara. Like Decimus. Like I know that's like a Greek thing, but like Cantor. Um, I'm trying to think of like Fallouty names. Help me out here. Uh, and there's a Rigby along the way. Rigby Shore, um, yeah. Rotface. Like <laughs> there's there's I like when they're when they're like or like uh, like McCready. Rec. McCree but that's like a that's like an American kind of, name. But yeah. I'm am I'm blanking, and I'm, I apologize to the fine folks at home. But I like when, like I hate when you watch a sci-fi movie and the guy's name is like Todd Smith, it's like and not Chad Thundercock.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm Greg. I'm here to solve the galaxy's issues. Yeah,
0: no, it better like, be like freaking Galacticus The Everlasting. Like, yeah, I don't want my yeah. my protagonist to be fucking the guy from a county where sweater vests. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you want something more legendary. Something or when you watch cool. a sci-fi movie and everyone has guns, like why doesn't anybody have a laser? Yeah. So the war blinds people, and you find that out because Gary Oldsman, Gary Old, fucking Carnegie, <sighs> Carnegie's wife, lover, girlfriend uh, is blind, and it turns out a lot of people from this war are blind because of the flash, and it's either your blind from the flash, or after the, the sun had been let down, because I think it's the ozone that gets burned up after the bombs had dropped. I think that's what they allude to. Yeah,
1: and yeah, yeah, that yeah. the
0: protection is gone, and it just kind of fucking blinds people if you look at the sun, because everyone has sunglasses on. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, and, and or if like you're cool, and, you got welding goggles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, while all this is going on, there's a massive... He's And he takes that shampoo, and he gives it to his, his girlfriend or whatever, and he she's from the before and he's from the before and he's complimenting her and he's like you smell great and you're so pretty and this is the last bottle of shampoo on the planet and it looks like he's like really taking care of her and then later on you find out that he abuses the fuck out of her yeah (laughs) but while this is happening eli's at the bar trying to get his, his canteen filled and while he's trying to get his canteen filled the same raiders that went out Uh, Eli actually saw them raping a woman and, and killing uh, the woman's husband or traveler or companion or whatever. And there's a cat in the bar and the cat jumps on the bar and Eli goes to shoo it away. And the guy gets up and he's like, the fuck's your problem? And he starts shit with Eli. And then he takes the dude by the head and like smashes his face into the bar. And he's like, all right, I'm going to walk away.
1: Are you good? That
0: scene made me laugh.
1: Really? Yeah, because I was like, man, this guy's got to fucking snap him in half. And then Eli slams his head into the freaking uh, bar. And I was like, yeah, you show that idiot. <laughs> and, and I, I, rape I love this piece of shit. <laughs> this
0: is... That's what you get. Yeah. I love how he does that. And uh, he's just like, I'm going to go. I'm going to walk out. I'm going to take my bag and my shit and I'm going to leave. And the guy's like, yeah, 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 no problem. And he lets go of him and he just dies.
1: Or at least that's what's like alluded to. Did you see the way he hit the ground? I guess you're right. Even if he I wasn't... I figured that he would like, just like,
0: went unconscious. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I just thought because of the way he hit his head on the way down. That
1: that was just it.
0: That he probably fucked up his brain melon.
1: <laughs> his brain melon? <laughs>
0: But after all this happens, Eli gets confronted by Carnegie, and he's like, hey, uh, you have a very interesting skill set that I need to take advantage of. Uh, And he's like, you're an old guy. Are you from the before? He's like, do you read? He's like, yep, I read every day. Eli says. He's like, every single day. He's like, well, look, why don't you stay here? I'd like you to be part of my gang. And if not, hey, no hard feelings. So he sets him up with a room, and there's... uh, there's a bed, and there's a woman who's actually Carnegie's girlfriend from before that was having her hair washed. And she walks into the room, and he Eli, like, he's like, hello? And she walks in, she's like, I brought you food and water to wash with. And she's, like, looking off into the distance, and he doesn't answer her. And he goes, she goes, I need you to say something so I can leave, or something.
1: So that I can uh, know that I can, like... So, I know where to put the food or something.
0: Yeah. And he doesn't say anything and he just kind of like scratches at his neck and you can no. see that she.
1: Oh, what he does is he, uh, he jingles his, uh, his crucifix. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he, she, she kind of twitches and he kind of is like, oh, okay. And he gets up and he's talking to her and, and he says, uh, did you go blind from the bomb, from the flash, or did you go off when the sky opened up? And she's like, I was blind before any of this happened. So she grew up in it. So she understands, like, the plight of the people. Yeah. And on the way out, like, if this is another thing of, like, the little before times. He says to her, he's like, I love the smell of your perfume. And she gets, like, a big smile, and she's like, it's just shampoo. I just really like that shit. Yeah, it was like a nice scene. So then Mila Kunis comes in, and she's like a prostitute. And Gary Carnegie is like, go in there and just do whatever he wants and don't question it. And I need to make sure he stays here. So she goes in there, and she's like trying to have sex with him. And he's like, okay, why don't you leave? And she's like, no, I can't if i leave then uh she's gonna hurt my mom who is the blind woman from before and they wind up talking and he has this book that he's been reading out of every day and he makes a point to read out of this book every single day and she has no clue how to read and she's like tell me something about it let me see it this and that i can't believe you have a book i want to see it 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 and he's like no
1: he reads a passage from the book eventually right
0: well he's like look if you're gonna stay here why don't we sit down and eat and they go to eat. She goes and she picks up a like a snack cake and goes to open it. And he's like, no, sit down. We're going to do like people did before. And they sit down and he's like, give me your hands. And they pray together. And he's, he does like a whole thank you for this bountiful meal shit. And she's like, is that from the book? And he's like, no, not at all. And they kind of just have this nice little meal together. She sleeps on the floor. She leaves in the morning, and uh, she goes back to Carnegie and her mom, and her mom's eating, and she's like, Solara, sit down and eat. And she goes to sit down and eat, and she's like, Mom, give me your hands, and starts praying. And and Carnegie's like, oh, this is something that I love. She's like, thank you for the meal, thank you for the, our, our the roof that we have, and our beds, and so like i think that's it i guess yeah (laughs) Yeah. and carnegie's like amen amen is what you mean to say he's like that's how you know when to stop and he's like where did you learn that and she's like it's just something i picked up and she's like no he does he have does he have a book he said he reads he must have it and you can see that the book he's in possession of is a bible And she's like, I don't know. I don't know how to read. There was a symbol on the front. He's like, what's the fucking symbol?
1: And she tries to, like, not give him up. But then
0: uh, he, like, um, grabs the mom and, like, starts to, like, beat on her. He grabs her by the back of the head and just fucking rips her hair out. And she's like, it's this, it's this, and makes a cross. And uh, she's like, yeah. He's like, all right, go after him. And they go after him. And he's, like, left. And there's this massive... There's this massive shootout in the. Uh, there's this massive shootout in the uh, in the town square because he's and, trying to get the fuck out of there. He knows that he's wanted. Yeah, and there's something so cool when when he's got this guy Redridge, right? Yeah, or Rockridge. I think it's Redridge. I have it written down somewhere. Redridge, Rock, R- Redridge. Uh, he shoots at Eli and like totally misses like a couple times. Like there's no way he should ever miss. And then Eli has this massive shootout in town and winds winds up accidentally hitting uh Carnegie. And I have to say, this shootout is so fucking cool and it's so tense and it's so small at the same time. Yeah. It's like nine people max. Yeah. Versus but like one. Every dude. shot seems like it matters. And you really get the feel of that. Like he, he unloads his pistol and then when it's empty, he's like, that's it. I'm out. Like he you, just starts you, to walk you, the fuck away. Yeah. And, and Redridge has the chance to kill him and just, like, turns the other cheek and just mm-hmm. doesn't kill him.
1: Turns the other cheek, you say? Yeah. It's an awfully specific uh, series of words.
0: Are you alluding to something? I'm not alluding to anything. Well, all right, then. He becomes a cheek turner. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say at this point he leaves and Mila Kunis follows after him and Mila Kunis is way too fucking pretty and clean to be in the apocalypse that's oh, okay. one of my few gripes of this movie there's only one part at, at a house that we'll get to later that they get to and she's just too clean
1: yeah I totally agree I feel like she should have been way more roughed up in the like the, the like uh, art style
0: way more roughed up I don't think she was roughed up enough I mean, I guess they wanted the, uh, the visual appeal, but like... Of, kind of Mila Kunis. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was like 13, when I saw this, I was like, hell yeah, I want to go see a Mila Kunis movie. Have you seen Mila Kunis? Yeah. Gary but Oldman like... is a great actor. I want to just get that out of the way now. Yeah. Oh, he does so well with this character. He's so good When he's mad, actor. he's, like,
1: seething mad. Like, jeez, he does so well. Like, every time he yells or, like,
0: is being really serious, like, his veins pop in his fucking face. Yeah, and I knew yeah. him, I know him, other than this movie, I knew him as Commissioner Gordon from the Dark Knight series.
1: See, I didn't watch the Dark Knight series.
0: Don't. I know. <laughs> Why do you think I haven't? You told me not to. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. So, I want to just say one thing real quick. What would that be? I love how, like, money is, in this movie, pretty much water, KFC wipes, clothing, and sex. Yeah, like, I, I like how... I like how Fallout has caps and everything, but I also like how it's like, these are the things we really need. It's all barter. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that. Uh, so there gets to a point where Solara and Eli meet up, and um, after they meet up, she takes him to his, his water, and it shows... She's like, I'll tell you where the town gets their water from. And they go there, and as they're there, it uh, turns out that Carnegie... Is from this area from the before and knew that there was a spring and is getting water from the spring and he wants to start other towns. Because there's like a series of other springs more north. Which is a noble cause. Yeah, it's like a good cause. It's a very Goulman thing to do. He also knows the power of so it's it's at this point of the movie you know that Eli is in possession of a Bible. Yes. Of a King James Bible. And he, he also understands the power that the Bible has over people. And he's trying to get the Bible for himself so he can lead over these people. So he wants to bring people to salvation by more or less lying to them, but also giving them fresh water.
1: Yeah. It's so, like, oh, have some water and not die. And here's Jesus.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like a fucked up, non-fucked up thing for him to do. I, I just really like his character. Oh, Yeah there's a point where like Solara just breaks down and cries right before they like meet up together and everybody whispers in this movie what do you mean I don't know I just noticed that like in the speech patterns like Red Ridge and uh, Gary Oldman when they talk to each other it's it's very like um it's very like muted like it's very like, they're whispering. So dude, even yeah like they're like where'd you get that book boy I don't tell nobody where I got the book. I'm like, all right, I get it. We're trying to make the suspense, but like, I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, this is a bit weird. I didn't pick up on that. They, they, um, but Eli, Eli, and Mila Kunis, they wind up. They're being chased by Gary Oldman and his pack, and Mila Kunis almost gets raped, and then Eli shoots an arrow through the dude's dick. Ten Which out is of ten. a pretty kill. metal
1: goddamn scene.
0: Yeah, and then they they're they're in what looks to be like a nuclear power plant, and it like one part like a uh, like you know the the this I don't know what they're called like in the Simpsons they have the fucking the tower the cooling towers
1: yeah the big like um, weirdly shaped things
0: yeah they have that and they're kind of like chilling in it and as they're chilling in it uh she's like I want to see the book let's read the book and he reads her. The, the, um, as I walk through the valley of shadow, shadows of death, I fear no man for the Lord is my shepherd or some shit. Yeah. And she's like, That's beautiful. Is that from the book? And he's like, Nah, I made that up. And she goes to like steal the book and he's like, Do not touch my motherfucking book. And he kind of like tucks it away and he winds up falling asleep. And the next day, because it's at night and the next day they wind up walking and they get to the greatest, I think, my favorite part of the movie. What was your favorite part of the movie? My favorite part of the movie? I don't
1: know. Like like my favorite scene was probably the like the overpass scene. Yeah. My favorite part was probably the end.
0: Yeah, I like the end and I like the, the, the house that they stumble upon. My like post house is probably like my favorite bit. I feel that they they find this house in the middle of nowhere and they like on the door And uh, no one answers, and he goes to open the door. And as he goes to open the door, a trap door falls out, and this, like, redneck opens the door with a shotgun. And his wife, and his wife's, like, right over his shoulder. And he's like, we're just some travelers. We're just trying to get our way west. And the wife's like, oh, she's just a girl. Come on in, have some tea. And you go inside, and they're shaking. Their hands are shaking. And at this point, like, like Michael J. Fox, like, doesn't even count. (laughs) Towards this shaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, this is some aggressive, aggressive shaking. She, she goes, do you want to put some music on? And Mila Kunis and Eli are like, yeah, sure, why not? So, on a Victrola, on an old-school porcelain needle fucking cone for a speaker record player, they play Ring My Bell by Anita Ward? The fuck That was so funny. And, like, she's like... Uh, the old lady Martha, Martha and George. George is the husband, and Martha is the wife, obviously. And uh, she's going ring my bell. <laughs> she's like, "Ooh, it's so soothing." And you can see Mila Kunis like a dumb, doofy smile. And like, I want to see that. I want to say like the Eli scene is like smile. so uncomfortable, though. Yeah, like that that part of the movie like actually makes me laugh. Yeah, of course. like it's, it's funny. Com- like no, no, like. like it's more comedic than it should be. Like you can tell that when they wrote that they either were just like, fuck it. We need an extra 20 minutes or something. I don't um, know. I
1: think that was really intentional. Really? Yeah. I think
0: that, I'm not saying it's bad. Like the,
1: the movie is so not dreary is the wrong word. Cause it's an interesting movie, but it has so many downers in it, because it's an apocalypse. Yeah. That I think they needed like one big comic relief. And it's a good like eight minutes of just kinda of like jokes
0: in a weird way. Yeah. Kind of like macabre humor. <laughs> yeah. But they're sitting there drinking tea and and George is like, Come on outside, I want to show you something. And it's a bunch of uh it's a bunch of graves. And Milakuna's like, oh, look at that, a bunch of graves. And he's like, yeah, we killed them all, trespassers. And then they're like, oh, they ate them. They ate these people. That's why they're shaking. So the whole time, turns out, they want to see your hands, because if you eat people, you shake, apparently? Yeah, I think that checks out. Is that, like, a real thing? I think so. Why? Let me check. Okay.
1: All right. It's a. It's called a Kuro? And it is a incurable, an incurable neurogen- neurodegenerative disorder uh, that it's caused by eating people or by consuming prion proteins that are only available in people meat. And it just leads to violent tremors and uh, loss of coordination oh, and gosh. eventually mental neurodegeneration. Huh. So I'll give you that. That's the first paragraph of Wikipedia. But eating people makes
0: you shaky and also lose your mind and go crazy a little bit. Cool. So they understand these people eat people and they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And just as they do that, um, Carnegie shows up with his, his Raider gang. And this this part of the movie has some of the best camera work I've seen in like a movie ever. You really think he, so? Oh my god, yeah, because it's it's a it's a. I'll get to it in a minute. The the the, the cannibal. Oh, I remember like, the scene you're talking about. Yeah, he's like the cannibal. He says Eli says to the cannibals, is. He's like, I need more weapons than what I have. He goes, I'll show you some fucking weapons. And he lifts the couch up, and the couch they were sitting on has like a false bottom and is stocked to the brim with grenades and like rocket la- not a rocket launcher, but like assault rifles and shit and like a bunch of crazy shotguns and like MP5s and whatnot and everybody just kind of gets a gun and is shooting at people and kind of to backtrack a little bit Mila Kunis is like why do you have this book and he's like when when the flash happened everyone kind of hid away and then after about a year everyone started searching around and all of a sudden I heard a voice and it was a clear voice as clear as I can hear you and this voice told me to go to this spot, and I found this book under some rubble. And then the voice told me to head west. And he's like, "Uh," and she's like, okay, so what kind of voice? He goes, I don't know. I don't question it, but I know whatever I'm doing is right.
1: Like, and I love that, the part of the movie where they talk about this, because he was like, everyone burned these books because everyone blamed it for the war. Yeah. So that yeah. led me to believe that there was some kind of, like, holy war that was, like, their World War Three. Yeah. And I'm just like, Damn.
0: Yeah. Some people must have really not liked Jesus. <laughs> uh yeah, he says that like the war ended and uh or during or after the war they burned all of them thinking that was the cause of it. And as far as he knows, he he's in possession of the last one, the last Bible. And when the shootout starts at at the, the cannibals house, Miva lacuna goes, You remember those voices you were telling me about? What did it say about this? And he goes, Don't worry, we'll be fine. And the cannibals, George and Martha, go, what about us? And he goes, didn't mention you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So they have this shootout, and, like, Gary Oldman's like, get the fuck out here. And he's like, if you don't come out here, we're going to start shooting. And you see a window open, and he throws, like, a little pillowcase out the window. And he opens a cigar box, and it's a bomb. It's like a makeshift bomb. Yeah. the shooting just starts. And you never think of of a war as a volley of bullets back and forth but that's how they made it seem like it's inside the house and the camera will go it almost makes it it's not one scene like one take but it makes it look like one take to the point yeah actually
1: now that you mention it that camera work
0: is goddamn incredible it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful this this movie if it should be commended for anything is its camera work it's it's basic when it needs to be and it's it's um extraordinary when it needs to be and it never oversteps its bounds. It never gets like pretentious with it.
1: Yeah, like there's one really impressive scene and I think it's kind of the one that you're envisioning where the shooting, after the bomb or like the cigar bomb goes off, they start like laying into the house and one of the cameras like rushes towards the house as if they're like storming the house and it goes to the window. Yeah, it goes in the window and it's at... And it's only really following a trail of bullets. It's not following, like, a person actually going in to do Melee. It's... Oh, that's such a really good,
0: like, presentation. Yeah. I love... I remember being in the theater going, this is cool shit. Like, this looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, Redridge. Uh, Gary Oldman's right hand man pulls out an RPG and is like, I am going to blow the fuck out of this house. And they like destroy, they pretty much destroy the house and the cannibals wind up dying in the crossfire. And next thing you know, Eli and Mila Kunis are surrounded and they storm the house and he's like, give me the book, Eli. And he's like, I don't have the book. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, give me the fucking book or I'll kill the girl. And he like grabs Solana and is like, Solara? so Solara Solara I love this movie I know all the characters and he grabs her and he's like I'll fucking end her life if you don't give me the book and she's like no no don't tell him don't tell him and he goes it's behind the tv like he gives in he's like this is it and And one of the raiders like what the tv yeah 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 and he goes are you fucking kidding me he's like Redridge get in there Redridge gets the book and he gives it to Gary Oldman he's like ah isn't god good And Eli goes always, and Gary Oldman goes, eh, maybe not today. And shoots Eli in the leg, and Eli drops. And when they shoot him, they show it from like seven different angles. And in the back, I never got that it was the leg. I thought it was like the gut. Like I'm trying to make you suffer. Maybe I saw it as the leg. I, I, they, they don't really. I don't remember them ever showing it. It could be the the stomach. I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh. What I'm getting at though is when he shoots them, and they show it from all different angles. There's lightning in the background, and I want to say something with lightning happened when when Jesus uh, was crucified in the Bible.
1: Am I right? Um, He was crucified and he laid or he hung there for like a bunch of hours. Yeah, and then as soon as he was like dead, dead, like his head, like his chin touched his chest. Uh, a horrible storm
0: happened and I think lightning struck three times. Okay, so they showed lightning striking and it's like, okay, we uh, look behind the curtain. We went to Catholic school. I don't consider myself a religious person. I don't consider myself belonging to a religion. Uh, I don't even keep up with the lore.
1: (laughs) The lore? (laughs) What's the current meta in Catholicism, guys? What's the best build? (laughs) Actually, I mean Lutheranism now. Uh, uh Lutheran is uh, yeah, Lutheran, whatever. Joke's dead now.
0: No, but I just I like the idea of like uh it's like what's the meta? Well, we just let the gays in and we're 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 coming around to the idea of science. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm running a psalms build. <laughs>
1: see out here, this is going to be DLC for uh, the Quran.
0: Oh, whoa, whoa, watch out. Hold on. No, 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 no. We're not going to that territory. <laughs> no, that's crossplay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: is Is the New Testament considered DLC? <laughs> the New Testament is Bible DLC.
0: <laughs> um, no, but uh, what I say is that Eli is thirty or sixty three, is because within the Bible, like I said, I'm not keeping up with it, but I believe Jesus was crucified at thirty three. Um, he was an adult, yeah. I think he was thirty three because the number three shows up a lot in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm thinking that maybe he was. He's sixty three at the time of the movie, and that's kind of where I judged all of the, the time that I did a quick like research on, but um. He's left for dead, and they take Sol- Solara back, and Red Ridge was like, I'll help you get her back if I can have her, and they're like, mm, that's creepy, but yeah, go ahead, take her, and on the way back uh, to to the camp that they're from, the town they're from originally, Solara winds up choking out the one dude, and Red Ridge put the – the he took uh, – he they took all of Eli's shit, and they took the Bible – and he puts the, the the machete on the thing. So the guy driving, she chokes out. The machete flies into the dude's chest, Red Ridge's chest.
1: Yeah, because he, she, uh, they roll the car.
0: Yeah, the f- car yeah. flips all around. And he throws the machete on the dash like an idiot. That's why you don't put your fucking feet on the dash. And <laughs> I hate when people put... I, you know what I hate? When you invite someone into your car and they put their feet on their dash like they own the fucking place. Next time i in your car, I'm going to put my feet on the dash. I'll, f- I'll fucking kill you where you stand. Do it. That pisses me off. That pisses me off more than people who don't say, "Hey, how are you?" and they go, "Good." How are you? I hate when people don't fucking. I can, I understand not holding the door or whatever. It's 2018. I can piss in whatever bathroom I want. I don't care. If I ask you how you're doing, even if even if you're just you don't give a fuck, you still say, "Good. How are you?" Yeah. So she winds up getting there and she kills. Hold on a second. Oh, also. Um, I wanted to point out, e- Eli breaks character for a second when he gets shot. Does he? Watch it really, really carefully. He, like, doesn't know where to look. He kind of stumbles about. the, the you, you In that one second of, of genius acting by this amazing actor, you learn that Eli does not... He's not who we think he is for the past 40, 50 minutes. Past hour and change. He's not who we thought he was. He is putting on... A front the entire time. Like I'm the tough guy survivalist. Yep. I don't need anyone. He is faking confidence the entire time. And it's beautiful when you see him break. Yeah, actually. And and when he's – like he, he gets up and he falls right back down and Gary Oldman kicks him down. And he's like, hey, pray for me. I need it. And like takes off, takes the girl. And then they flip the car. Um, flip the car redridge gets a machete in the chest she jumps out of the car and takes a grenade and throws it at gary oldman's caravan and blows up the one car but not gary oldman the car and he turns around with the book and heads back to camp redridge gets out of the car and has this like weirdly over overly dramatic death that i just don't understand i've seen this movie a bunch of times and every time i watch it i'm like why the fuck does that need to be in here see i
1: understand it though i get it what do you mean because he gets stabbed in the chest when the car flips yeah so he got stabbed in a spot that's not a particular like just kill it's not like the heart like you just fucking end your life instantly it's like that weird spot in between the lungs where you're gonna bleed out really soon it's like in this but not instantly yeah, yeah like right there but so like or start i totally
0: get it No, the way he acts. He, like, gets out of the car and, like, looks at the horizon and, like, smiles and, like, dies. Like, he was never religious. He never thought, like, I, when I die, I go to the maker. Like, he just, he, I don't know. I just thought it was, like, overly dramatic. Like, if you go back and watch it again, you'll be like, "It's that's a little much. Like, you fucking prima donna. Like, get over yourself. (laughs) You're a fucking minor character. (laughs) I mean, he was a named minor character. I mean, I guess. So is Lombardi. And Lombardi's oh, in the right. movie for ten, not even 10 minutes and is more important than Redridge. Yeah, you're right. But speaking of Lombardi, she takes the van that Redridge dies in, turns around, picks up Eli. He's not at the house. She finds him walking west. The whole... T- I can't believe I fucking forgot this. Eli is like, I need to go west. It's telling me... The voice that told me to find the book is telling me, go west. I need to go west. I have to go west. And she finds him going west and picks him up and takes him as far west as she can get till they hit California, and they get to the Golden Gate Bridge. Fun fact of the Golden Gate Bridge, did you know it's constantly being painted? No way, really? The Golden Gate Bridge is so big, and the, the salt water is so uh, corrosive that, say they start painting on a Monday, and I I doubt it takes a week to do it, but say they, they start painting like the north end, or the let's say the west end of the Golden Gate Bridge on a Monday, And they get done painting all of it and finish up on the east end on a uh, Sunday. There's so much damage done. By the time they get done, they go back and repaint it.
1: No shit.
0: Yeah, it's it's constantly being painted. Uh, Also, friend of the show, White Collar, shout out to you. Come on the podcast. Um, He was telling me, he read something about Hoover Dam, that Hoover Dam, its concrete still has yet to cure, because when concrete cures, it lets off heat, and it's not allowing other parts of concrete to cure, because of it. No shit. So Hoover Dam is one of the greatest marvels made by mankind that is producing power and electricity for the West Coast, and... Is a bridge that people use all the time, apparently, and it's, and it's not, not done even finished. Setting. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but he gets west and they get to the Golden Gate Bridge, and halfway through the Golden Gate Bridge, it has fallen through. And he gets out of the car and he looks to the one side and goes, That's it. That's where it's it's taking me. That's where I need to be. And it's Alcatraz. So yeah. they get to a beach and they get in a little dinghy and they kinda just They kind of just row and row and row, and it gets to the point where he's so weak from being shot and walking, and he's just so tired. He's like, I need you to drive. And she winds up rowing the rest of the way, and they're like, who is that down there? And he goes, my name, I don't think, he doesn't even say his name, he goes. He he does. It's the first time he does his name. Yep. Okay. He goes, my name is Eli, and I come in possession of a King James Bible and they let him in and when they open the door to let the two of them in now let us be clear carnegie has the book yeah carnegie still has the book but he's like i have a king james bible um when he opens the door to let them in mila kunis's hands are up like she is she is not resisting during an arrest and eli's hands are out like christ like a painting. Did you ever see the painting of Jesus where his hands are out? You know the picture I have for my Gmail. The little B one of little B, but it's on Jesus's body. Of course, that's like
1: that's a very common rendition. Yeah, it's he has his hands like
0: that, like he is bringing peace, like he is bringing the good word. And yeah. they let him in, and they introduce you. They're walking through Alcatraz, and there's a man named Lombardi who is played by Malcolm McDowell. Like, he's in the movie for 10 goddamn seconds. You know who Malcolm movies. McDowell plays in the who? Fallout universe? Oh, is he the master? He's John Henry Eden. No! Yeah. He's the voice of John Henry Eden. He's also, uh, if you've ever seen a Clockwork Orange, he's Alex DeLarge in The Clockwork Orange. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're going to go back in here and be like, how'd it go to America? Like, you'll just be like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, um And I didn't realize that till I watched the movie like two years ago.
1: And he's about to be like, I'm Lombardi, Henry Eden. (laughs) Holy shit. I didn't know that. But now's the part where we learn everything. Oh, sorry. Say that again. Now's the part where the entire movie comes together in a fantastic conclusion.
0: So Lombardi starts telling Eli, like, this is Alcatraz. We have this. We have this research. We've done that. We have the works of Shakespeare and Chaucer. We have... Uh, it's just a big museum, basically. Yeah. They have Chopin. They have Mozart. They have uh, um, the Wu-Tang. Brit- Britannica. They have, yeah. They have yeah. everything that, that you could ask for there. And he's like, we don't have a Bible. He's like, can I see the Bible? And He says it's a little beat up. He's like, it's a little beat up. He's like, but I have it. You'll see it in no time. So he's, he sits down with Lombardi and he, goes, and he goes, all right, get a piece of paper and a pen. Get a lot of paper and a pen and follow me. And he says, the first book of Moses... Genesis. In the beginning there was nothing and he goes through the whole like beginning of creation and all this and as this is going on it shows Gary Oldman opening the book he gets the the same guy who charged his iPod to open the book for him and as he opens the book he can't read it because I got chills thinking about this yeah. because the book is in braille and it goes back to Eli and he was blind the whole time. The movie makes very
1: good it's he rarely doesn't have sunglasses on and when he does it's a wide shot or when he doesn't it's like a wide shot yeah or it's really darkly lit so at this point he's just reciting it and it's zooming in on his face and his eyes are just so gray as it zooms in and i'm like holy shit you didn't see it coming i all right here's what i thought is that i thought that he had it memorized from the get-go and that the book was going to just be blank
0: I thought that, too, the first time I saw it.
1: Yeah, I, thought, I was like, all right, the book's going to be blank, and it was, it was just like a symbolic thing to have. But the dude was blind, and it was in Braille. The whole time. The whole time. And I was just like, holy shit.
0: And then once you find out that he—now he, he now no. I need to watch the movie again. He, yeah, he memorizes the whole thing, and he's sitting there on a pew. I think it's a pew. It looks like a pew. And he's he's reciting the entire Bible, and he's writing it and writing it and writing it and writing it. And writing it. And Gary Oldman takes it to his blind girlfriend wife, and he's like, I need you to read this. And he's like talking down where he's like, Your daughter's out there. I didn't She wanted to stay out there with Eli. And she's like, well, What did you do to bring her back? And he's like, Read the book. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. And she goes, Sorry, I don't know how to read this. It's been such a long time. And like with the smuggest fucking uh like attitude. Just fuck you face. Yeah. Just and Eventually, Eli, he dies, and they have the first King, the new King James, the new new King James Bible. Alcatraz edition. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like Street Fighter (laughs) 2.
0: Turbo Extra Remix, The Book, The Ball, The Game. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> and like if you go back and watch this movie the entire time it tells you he's blind he goes to a car on a highway looking for boots and looks down at a skeleton's feet and can clearly see them if he could see and feels them it goes ah he walks into a house and the first thing he does is he like knocks over a glass a glass bottle and he doesn't look down to be like oh i kicked that like he just keeps walking um he shooes away the cat and, like, uses too much force when he does it and accidentally pushes the cat. When he walks into the cannibal's house, he doesn't know that there's steps there, and he kicks the step. He gets his shotgun out and doesn't know where the door is, and he just kind of knocks into the door. Oh, I should have known that by now. Yeah. like it's, All the hints were there. It's, they tell you the entire movie that he's blind. He never drives. You would think he would say to, to her, let me drive. Yeah, you're right. He never... Ever he like and everything he does he does off of see, when sound happen like sound sound will happen he reacts to it. See, I want to know how he was such a deadly shot. He had God on his side, and I know I that's kind of right. like I'm not a religious person, so that's kind of a cop out answer. But but at it's, the same a rel- time, it's, it's a religious movie.
1: It's a religious movie.
0: Yeah, like th- th- my grandmother was a, was a very religious person, and I always wanted to watch this with her, and I never got the chance to. But like, I really feel like she would like this. Yeah, and. Yeah, I love this, and like he never says his name up until that point, and then they put his name on the on a tombstone. There's one other point where they actually show what his name is. Uh, when they're in the cooling towers, Mila Kunis goes into the bag, and when she goes into the bag, he used to work at like a Target or like a Rite Aid or a CVS. Yeah, this and his hello. My name is Eli. Yeah, so you don't even know. Like, I really genuinely think. This movie was not going to be called the Book of Eli to begin with. I think, like, the Genesis would have been a cool name for the movie. Yeah. Because that's the first book of the Bible, and that's what he starts reading off of. And I bet Warner Brothers is like, we can't sell it unless you know... We know, like, who the character is or something. Um, Yeah. Or that they didn't want it to be a religious movie. That, too. Quote, unquote. They didn't want it to be, like, quote, propaganda. And... Like, it's just... I love little shit like that. Like, how they... they... Yeah.
1: I just thought it was incredible. I thought it was really good.
0: Uh, yeah. I I love this movie. And you know what? I don't know if you noticed it, but there's a... I used to say all the time, I was blind the whole time. Or I used to say, like... Are you shitting me? Yep. That's where this is from? Um, there's a video. I remember I saw this, and I'll, I'll link it to you. I saw... It's called Fallout... Fallout 3... A bridge, the book of eli i think it's called it's a machinima from like 10 11 years ago right it's one right. of my favorite YouTube videos ever where it's the entire plot of the movie to like four minutes and, and like he's shooting people and goes, Oh fuck, he's like, I gotta get this gun checked. That went off half-cocked in that dude's face. And and it's not like Denzel <laughs> Washington, it's Denzel Washing Machine and Gary Old's mobile. Like it's stupid. But at the end of it, he's like, I have a goddamn motherfucking King James Bible in my goddamn motherfucking head. And he's like, uh, he's like, I got the word, 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 word. The word was good. Word, word. Like, it's so fucking stupid. Well, it's in a bridge series. Yeah. Though, like, it has to be. And then, like, he's like, all right. And before I got, before I die, I have to, like, go of my one secret. I was blind the whole time. Don't you feel oh like an God. idiot for assuming things? <laughs> but, like, there's one part where he goes, huh. I smell some stinky, dirty grandpa diaper raiders because, you know, I can see them and smell them. I'm totally not blind or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I've been saying he, I've been blind or da-na-na the whole time for years around you and you never knew. I never knew. He never knew. Jeez. Yeah. I love this movie. I love everything about this movie. I love the symbolism. I love
1: Fallout ones. 3 is a
0: movie. It, it really is. is. It really is. I want I want to find out the coat he wears in the movie, and I want to buy it for myself. Um, yeah. I want to get John Marston's hat, and I want to wear that. But you said you watched it on a streaming platform, correct? I watched it on Amazon. I have the DVD, and there's an animated short called uh, Billy, A Lost Tale. And it's Gary Old, Oldman... Old... Fuck. Carruthers. Not Carruthers. God damn it. Fucking Carnegie. I was going to say Clementine the next time. I couldn't think of his name. Thank you. Carnegie's character... Uh, and it, it starts off with him as a child and his mother watching a televangelist. You know what a televangelist is? Yes. It's him watching a televangelist and, like, he's upset with how the guy on the TV is like, oh, we need your money, the Lord needs your money, 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 money. And then he's like, fuck this, and walks away and goes in his room and grabs, like, a porno mag from under his bed, and his dad catches him looking at it, and he beats the shit out of him, and the whole time it does, like, a huge emphasis that he's wearing a cross that's like, turn the other cheek, forgive forgive your fellow man. And at the same time, he's beating the shit out of his child for looking at porn. And uh, his mom is writing out checks to the televangelist, and she's like, go mail these. So he takes them and puts them in the garbage can, burns them, and then lights the whole house on fire with the two of them in there. Whoa. Yeah, and that's him as like a 10 or 12-year-old. Pre-flash. Yeah, yeah. So he he understands the power that religion has for some people when it's abused. Man. And I don't think it needed to be made. It feels kind of shoehorned, but I really liked it. If you could rate this movie, what would you rate it? Um,
1: it was pretty solid. Like, um, I would probably rate it like nine Brahmin stakes out of ten. What about you?
0: Uh, it's up there for me. Yeah? It's not a perfect movie. But it's up there. It's top three.
1: You have to give it some kind of metric.
0: I would say four and a half. He was blind the whole times out of five. All right. All right. I'm into that. And I only didn't do out of 10 because you did out
1: of 10. I was really hoping you would do that. But do you know what else I'm really hoping you would do?
0: Uh, shout out Shane Ivers?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Do you want to do it this time? Uh, I don't have the information in front of me. That's your thing.
1: I've just committed it to memory at this point.
0: Have you really? Yeah. Then fucking why are you asking me?
1: I don't know. I was blind the whole time. (laughs) So Shane Ivers makes our wonderful intro music. It is Feather Duster. You can find it at www.SilvermanSounds.com slash free music slash Feather Duster. But another thing I want to know is where in this wasteland can we find some entertainment?
0: If you'd like to find some entertainment, you could follow us on the Discord. We're always having a uh, a conversation on there about something. Doesn't always relate to Fallout, but it's always a good time. The link for that is in the description below. You can also follow our Twitter, the Twitter for the show, and that's at Atomic Radio Hour. Once again, that's at Atomic Radio Hour. And if you'd like to follow myself, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Boogins. Again, that's at all capitals, the underscore Boogins. And if you want to find me, you can find me
1: at Declan underscore BN.
0: Any final thoughts, Declan?
1: I hope you came packed with some nuclear popcorn. Because we've got another episode of Nuclear Family.
0: Yes, we do. Um, this one it took me a very long time to write and record and edit. I did a lot of yelling, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it took me a long time to do this one because it was one that I think was a little a little hard to write. Um, the other, it's also very long. Uh, the other parts are going to be coming subsequently. I'm not saying that they're coming out exactly after, but they will be coming out. Shortly. Um
1: I'll tell you what, guys, Vince really outdid
0: himself. You think so? Oh, absolutely. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean it's true. Thank you. Um, so yeah, everybody enjoy. Uh right, see bye. you next time. Wear a seatbelt. Today's the day Richard is going on his big trip the Capital Wasteland to deliver various goods discreetly. We join the Smith family now, just as Richard is getting ready to head out for the big trip. Alright, let's see, I have my stim packs, my cans of cram, a few pre-war books for entertainment. What am I forgetting? Just right around... Oh, Jesus, my rifle. How could I forget? Morning, Richard. Oh. Hello, Karen. How are you doing this morning? Do you want me to make you some coffee or something? No, Richard, I'm fine. I'm leaving today, Karen. I'm going to be gone for a few days. Maybe a week. Maybe more. Yep. Do you want me to bring you back a souvenir, a memento of sorts? Richard, stop. You fought with me all week, and now you're just trying to be nice because you're leaving. Honey, I'm trying to make this work. By being a dick all of the time? What do you want me to do? I go to work all day, and I bust my ass, and you're home all day doing God knows what- I'm at home all day, making sure that Jimmy is safe- the garden is tended to, and that you have food ready for your fat fucking ass when you come home. Oh, fuck you, Karen. You've made radroach meatloaf three times this week. Karen, three fucking times. And without me, you'd fucking starve, you fucking broke dick loser. And without you, I'd actually have some fucking caps. Oh, I'm so sorry, Richard. I'm so sorry. You have such Well, a I guess if Mom and, and Dad are already life. fighting, Do I might as well get up. you met me? Do you have any, I think I'm gonna show Abby the abandoned house at the end of, of the cul de sac. No? Do you remember how? Maybe we'll meet up with the fellas around lunchtime. I hope Mom and Pop don't lay into me about yesterday because at the park with all the jet and rent rent whatever. And you needed a little extra money? Oh boy! You don't remember? I still, am pretty hungry. convenient. Oh, I guess if Mom and Pop fight, I doubt she's gonna make me anything for breakfast. Honestly. Again. Really? Do you fucking hear how stupid you sound? You should go live with the fucking Brahmin because you're a fucking idiot, you fucking moron. I can't even believe I still keep you around. You doing all this fucking stupid shit to embarrass me. And don't even get me started on how the neighbors talk. That's right, Karen. I know how the neighbors talk. Because I talk to the neighbors. I try to make a conscious effort to understand what's going on within my community. And don't even give me all that shit about you need to be here for Jimmy and Jimmy needs you. Jimmy doesn't even fucking look at you when you walk in the door, you fucking... You fuck. I don't even have the words for how fucking disgusting you are. I fucking cannot stand you. I cannot stand anything about you. I hate the fucking smell of you. I hate when I wake up in the morning and you leave the bathroom and I can still fucking smell you in the bed next to me. Fuck you, Richard. Fuck you. And how come every time that fucking zombie comes around, you get real fucking friendly? Because I'm not a worthless, pathetic, feckless sack of shit like you, Richard. Well, I don't know, Karen. You seem to have a pretty wild past. How do I know you're not a fucking gravedigger? How fucking old are you? Why would you say that, you fucking child? I'm sorry, Karen. You're right. No one would want to touch you with that gangly, misshapen husk of flesh you call a body. Oh. You want to talk about my body? Well, you're the one who ruined it when you put a fucking baby in me. And it. when you figured out that you were pregnant, I found a doctor and wanted to give my half of the cap so Richard! he could... Richard! Jimmy's already in the kitchen. Lower your fucking voice. Uh, hello, son. M-mor- morning, Jimmy. Hey, guys. Don't uh, don't worry about me. I'm just going to finish eating my breakfast and listen to an episode of Admiral A-Bomb, and I'll head on out. Oh, All right. You know, today's the day I'm heading up north, Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy. Make sure that you say goodbye to your father. Bye, Pop. You know, Jim, it's going to be a pretty dangerous trip. Your old man might be in quite a bit of trouble. I might even come across a death Give it a break, Richard. You're trying to do the same thing to Jimmy that you did to me when we first met by impressing me. And it's honestly very sad. Karen, I thought we weren't supposed to fight in front of Jimmy. Well, how about when I get home we can have a good old-fashioned game of catch, Jim? Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Well, okay. How about I take you fishing? You love fishing. Do I? Do I dad or do you love fishing? All right. How about I help you with your homework? Dad, stop. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get it. Mr. Simmons! Hey, Jimbo, how you been? How's that arm of yours? Oh, you know, nothing that I can't come back from. The missus, Abby and I was talking last night about you. We were thinking, Abby wants you to stay over sometime this weekend, Jim. If that's okay with you and your folks. Well, I don't know, I'm going to be- That's fine, Vuck. It'll be nice for Jimmy to stay out for a night. This would be his first sleepover. Well, hot dog. She's gonna be pleased as punch to hear that. I was actually just about to head out and find Abby. She headed towards the park.
1: Knowing Abby,
0: she's probably gonna get some of Ollie's, Ollie's famous, famous ice iced tea. Iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> you be safe out there, kid. Thanks, Mr. Simmons. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Fuck, well, come right on in and get yourself a seat. Can I get you something to drink? Thank you, Mrs., but I'll be real quick. Rich, I just wanted to come by before you head out to the Capital Wastes. Oh, thank you, Mr. Simmons. Oh, how kind of you, Vug. I know you're such a busy man. Oh, don't worry, Mrs. S. My friend and neighbor's life is much more important than being to work on time. Oh, my, I'm so touched, thank you. Now, Rich, if it's all right with you, I'd like to stop here while you're away to make sure yours is safe. Oh, well, I'm not sure if that's really that much of a need. Oh, fuck. That would be just lovely. You know, it gets so cold and lonesome around here. Jimmy's always out, either with school or hanging around with the fellas. There's little old me sitting on the couch cleaning and whistling, trying to occupy myself with a bottle of wine. Trying to find a way to pass some time. Tremendous. How about whichever day Jimmy stays the night, the two of you can come on over for dinner. That is a wonderful idea. I would love to join your family for dinner. Karen, don't. Do you want me to bring anything? I could bake some sweet rolls. Not necessary, Mrs. Smith. Just bring yourself and Jimmy. Oh, you betcha, Vug. I'll see you soon. Goodbye. See you soon, Miss Smith. And Rich, before you go. I want you to have this. It's a small T on a string. In the before times, we used to refer to them as crosses, and they were a holy symbol. Most people thought it protected them if they wore it around their neck. I'm not sure if I even believe in any of that mumbo-jumbo anymore, but it certainly is a comforting thought. Oh, thank you, Mr. Simmons. I'll wear it when I ship out in a few hours. Be safe out there, Rich. I'm rooting for you. Well, Karen, you seem real eager to dine with another man, let alone a shuffler. Well, Richard, I hope you fall in the shower. That shuffler is five times the man you will ever be. Never have you ever wished Al or Robinson or any of the other people you work with well before they left their families to go on a long and dangerous trip. That's not how men work, Karen, something you'd never understand. Give it a rest with all the I'm-so-masculine-macho bullshit that you try to put on. Nobody's fucking falling for it. How dare you talk to me, a man! like that in my own home. And without me, this place wouldn't even be a home, just a shack in the middle of nowhere. Like I said, I work all day. You sit at home doing what? Listening to the radio, cleaning things. Boy, I sure wish I had it that easy. I'm fucking tired. I'm done. I had enough of all of your bullshit, Richard. You're a fucking loser. You're an absolute fucking loser. I should have listened to my mother. I should have. I should have married Connor D'Amico. Well, he was the first not all he is calm me on the home front, in me, is, is it? And I with him. And look Let I us just hope this does not interfere with in Richard's big business trip. With you, you to find out, that has join us to do with on the next episode of Nuclear Family. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I can't stand you. I fucking cannot live with you any longer, Karen. I am only here for the... Atomic Radio Hour Hour Podcast.